98.9 WCLZ and a Studio Z today with Taylor Goldsmith. <laughs> They're usually trying to drag us down there somewhere in the crowd. Dawes is in town tonight and the new album Passwords. Crack the case off that new album. And for people that haven't heard the studio version of that yet, there's a beautiful slide guitar on there. Who mm-hmm. is that? That's Trevor Manier, who's um who's on tour, uh, who tours with us. He actually, that's his only um, appearance on the album, so... And he, I don't want to say took the place, but you guys had Dwayne Betts with you for, for a couple of years mm-hmm. and now Trevor on the road with you. Just talk about having two musicians like that with you in the live yeah, setting. Yeah, well, it's, I guess when before we found Dwayne, it was just always the four of us and the shows just continued to get longer and longer. <laughs> and, um, and it felt like to go to these instrumental moments where... Um, it was either me on guitar or or Lee on keyboards or Tay on keyboards, who was our old keyboardist. But um, it just felt like we there, we wanted there to be another voice that kind of led the band in those moments. So we're like, it'd be really fun to have a touring guitar player. And Dwayne was an old friend from growing up. He was in bands in when when I was in going to high school in Malibu. He was in bands that were a little older than us. And he was I mean his name's Dwayne Betts. It's like Jimmy Clapton or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so, I mean, he was this guitar God that we all looked up to and, um, and yeah, and he was willing to come out on tour with us and it was great. And now it's perfect for him. Cause now he's out doing like an Almond Betts tour with, uh, with, um, I think Greg Almond's son and they're doing all those songs. So he, we, we keep in touch and I love that guy so much, but, and now we're playing with Trevor, um, who's blowing our minds uh, as well. And it's, it's great. Cause with Trevor, um, you know, Dwayne and I probably came from the same school of thought. And so sometimes I would listen to recordings, like, is that me or Dwayne? And if there was a flub, like, oh, it was me. But uh, <laughs> and if there wasn't, then it was Dwayne. But um, but with uh, with Trevor, it's just he comes from such a different place. So that when when he starts playing a solo, it's it's very clearly like a Trevor moment versus a Taylor moment or a Lee moment. So it's really for the sake of like really bringing out the live show. Um, but he's also such an incredible slide player that when we um, that line that that melody on the recording. Um, that he plays a slide guitar on was actually composed by Lee, the keyboardist in the band, on piano. And we're like, this would be really beautiful a slide, and I shouldn't do it. <laughs> so we, we called Trevor up. <laughs> and with this new album, after doing We're All Gonna Die and then going towards this album, that must have created some freedom for you to now say, we can do anything we want with an album. Th- that's kind of how w- We're All Gonna Die ended up feeling. I mean, it's funny to say it now, but like when we were making We're All Gonna Die, it didn't feel any different than the rest of the music that we've made. Like when we were recording One of Us, which looking back, it's like that's a very different song for us. But to me, it was like, oh, it sounds like the way it sounded when we were putting down things happened for the first time or something like that. And then when it was when it was released and people reacted to it, they gave us a certain perspective of, oh, wow, people are seeing this is like particularly different. Um, I, th- I think we might have uh, been in a bit more of a antagonistic mood or something like we just I mean, some of the music that we love was maybe shining through for the first time. Um that whatever i mean it was really important to us and we were really happy about making that record but but it is that was when we when we went into making passwords that was you kind of hit the nail on the head our feeling was well now that we've done we're all going to die we can do whatever we want and i think those this this sort of like folkster expectation that someone might have of us um is has that that wall has been broken down at least to some degree um, obviously we're going to try to write the best songs that we can, but now how we choose to interpret them and dress them up is, is kind of a whole new playing field. 
we're with Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes, and I read an article yesterday with Grace Potter. She's sort of making her way back into music after taking some time off, and she talked about the pressure of what she wanted to do in music and what she felt like people expected. Do you feel that pressure too? I do, but I find that myself and then other artists, um, like how true their music feels directly corresponds to how much they ignore that voice of, of other people's expectations. Um, I think when we made our first two records and when we were really like falling in love with the band and Joni Mitchell and Warren Zevon pretty strictly, um, because we were just new to that stuff, people maybe had a certain definition of what we did. And I think there was a certain pressure of like, oh, well, we need to sound like that always. Even though, meanwhile, I'm we're falling in love with, you know, Bill Callahan or, 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 um, Lou Reed or, or, or Kanye West, like very different things. And then wanting that to, um, not wanting, but just naturally seeing that materialize in the songs that were being written and recorded. And I think like, it's obviously there, there are going to be some people that have very clear aesthetic choices of like, I need a cowboy hat and a beard and a slide guitar solo for me to like it. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I've never been that kind of fan, so I can't relate to that kind of thinking. For me, like watching Paul Simon go from Simon and Garfunkel all the way to Graceland is something that's thrilling for me. And I couldn't imagine being the kind of fan of like, please just do Sounds of Silence again. Stop doing what you're doing and do Sounds of Silence. I couldn't imagine feeling that way. So I, therefore, I can't operate in that way. And I've, and I've, I've, I've for sure heard the noise, and I've heard people say like. Oh, used to love you guys, and now I hate it. Or, but we've also heard the opposite. We've also been like, man, I hated you guys when I first heard you, and now you're doing some really cool stuff. So it just goes to show that like none of that can be listened to, and all that I can listen to are my own impulses. Because like I feel like if I'm not being true to myself, the people that are gonna know that even before me would be the listeners. We're with Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes. You guys, this is very exciting this year. The return of ELO. Yeah. And you guys are a part of this. Yeah, it was that was a crazy uh, phone call. <laughs> Explain for people that don't know that you guys are out on the road. Yeah, we were we were out on the road for a month with ELO, um, and ELO. It's funny because we were listening a lot to ELO when making passwords. That was like actually a big influence. We were we would go for certain keyboard sounds or vocal parts that really felt like they would be on you know time or Eldorado or something. And um, I remember and and but we always looked at this this uh e, the, the elo is this impossible band that it isn't a thing anymore like uh, jeff lynn makes elo records but they haven't toured in 35 years and so the idea of there being a tour that we maybe could get wasn't even a dream we entertained because it didn't seem like that would happen so then to get a call like hey elo's touring and like they they would be interested in you being the opener was just like that's not a thing that's not possible um so it was really a dream come true for us i mean one of uh one of our favorite bands of all time, um, especially Lee, our keyboardist. That's like really one of his favorite bands. So it was a thrill to be opening for for them, and then to be meeting their fans because their fans are really on the level. And like you're playing big sheds. I mean, it's like MSG. They, were, they are forum. huge because they haven't toured in so long. They they did two sold out nights at the Forum. They did two sold out nights at MSG. They did two like we did arenas everywhere, and they were all sold out. It was crazy. I got two more questions, and then we'll, we'll get back to the music. 
So being able to be around a legend like Jeff Flynn is one thing, but being around a legend like Bruce Springsteen has to be a, a totally different thing. You did Bruce on Broadway, right? You went? We went, and, and I was fortunate enough to meet him afterwards. And um, I thought I was only going to go backstage. I didn't, we didn't know we were going backstage. And I thought I was going backstage because of my date, really. I thought, like She's on a TV show, and I thought maybe he likes the show or something. And um, so I just was going to like hopefully shake his hand and then remove myself from the conversation like you know as gracefully as I could, because that's as much as I could possibly ever expect. And then when it came time to go downstairs, he, uh, I still was like, this isn't going to happen. I was like standing in his backstage and be like, I'm not about to meet Bruce Springsteen. It was like, I, it was like a part of me that I couldn't accept what was going on. And then he came downstairs and I thought he was going to kind of maybe meet me at the end or something. But he walked right up to me first and was like, hey, man, how's the band going? And I couldn't believe it. I, was, <laughs> I, I, I even still then couldn't accept that information. I was like, someone probably just told him <laughs> that that Mandy's dude is in a band. And like, so like he's just being nice. He doesn't know who I am. And then he talked to everyone else. And then he came back to me and was like, so are you guys still in L.A.? Like, what's going on with the band? And like all of a sudden knew all these details where I was like, oh, wow, this is real now. And um and then he's like, well, well, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. Like, I'm I'm paying attention basically. And that 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 then I, at that point I was like, well, if that's not if he if if this isn't true, then he's just a mean person because this is like this is this is this is like the best moment of my life. Like, he he's not lying. Now I know it. Um, but yeah, it was it was truly unreal, and that show is incredible. I mean, no one can do what Bruce Springsteen can do. Bruce Springsteen is like the man's man, and I feel like he has direct access into, unfortunately, in some cases, like very kind of closed off male energy, and um, he's able to to go into these shows like this Broadway thing. Before the show started, there's all these huge buff cool looking guys like you ready for the show and like and and then the show starts and he's talking about his relationship with his dad and his relationship with commitment and his relationship with like being a decent man and all of a sudden i'm watching all these like machismos crying their eyes out myself included i was crying but it's it's like that dialogue isn't there's there's no one else that can really get to those places the way Bruce can, and I think it's uh it's it's really profound actually. I just love how your image of Bruce Springsteen is that he was a bigger This Is Us fan than like a rock and roll fan. <laughs> I just yeah I just it's my own like inability to like think I'm in got a good thing coming. <laughs> Promises my last question for you, but we know you as a professional musician, but I had no idea you were a, you were a mountain climber. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> But uh, but my my girl wanted to. It was a lifelong dream of hers to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and and so I'm not gonna like turn that down. Um, if when when that became a reality, and she was gonna get together with Eddie Bauer and do this whole thing, she's like, "Well, you, are you coming? I can bring three guests." And I was like, "I can't say no to this, even though I've never." thought about wanting to climb a mountain um a mountain or just a mountain like mount kilimanjaro <laughs> any mountain i mean like i'd gone on some hikes that was like my extent of things but i mean i i I fell in love with it very quickly and i think I, I created a relationship with what that meant for me but it wasn't it was something that i didn't have initially like she was gung-ho like first side of the mountain she, like she had tears in her eyes and i was sort of like i i'm not having that i'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm just terrified. I'm not having this emotional moment. I don't, I, does this mean I'm going to die? Like, I didn't know. 
Um, I didn't know what that meant, but then, yeah, we're all going to die. Um, but, uh, but then once we got up there, I, I was able to kind of, it was, a, it was a really profound experience and something that really connected me with, with nature. But more than anything else taught me that we're much more, we're capable of much more than we ever give ourselves credit for. I think the idea of like climbing between five and seven hours and then on the last day, like 15, um, hours a day with this big backpack on and sleeping the way we were sleeping and eating the way we were eating and not being able to bathe. Like it just feels so impossible. And like, it's very easy for um, a musician like myself to just get caught up in certain funny, bougie habits of, I like this kind of coffee. That's how I like to start my day. And like, and then you get up there and you're like, I'll take whatever I can get. (laughs) And you just find that you're, you can, you can handle more than you think. And I, that goes for everyone. Okay, that's it. We're done. Cool. I promise. Taylor Goldsmith in Studio Z.